Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of the Own the Moment podcast. My name is TJ Lasig. I'm your host here at OTM, and we are off to the races tonight with a fantastic show and a, a very, very special guest this evening that we are super excited about. But first, I will introduce my co-host, Mr. Justin Herzig. Justin, how are we doing tonight? God, I mean, Ryan Greeno said it best already. All I care about is when horsey, when horsey. It's no longer when packs. We are now talking about the horsies. We're talking about more than just Top Shot and the larger NFTs and uh, extremely excited to have our guest on today and kind of pick his brain and see what I can learn from our discussion. Yes. Yeah, we're going to be, be stepping out a little bit from Justin and I's area of expertise tonight with our guest here, who I will introduce right now. And here we have a man who is deeply involved in the esports industry. He's been involved in Bitcoin since pretty much 2013. He's deeply involved in the NFT streets. He's the co-founder of Unicorn CEO. He is a board member at Zed Run, which is the digital horsing craze that we will get deep into today and just involved in a, a ton more projects that we are going to learn all about tonight. We have Mr. Rahul Sood. Rahul, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing all right, guys. I have a, a, a bit of a cough, so I'll, I'll go on mute if I'm going to cough, but yeah, everything's good. So, No worries. No worries at all. Yeah, we, we're, we're really excited to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I know that Zed has been all the talk after the mega drop that happened last Friday. So a lot of yeah, our, really have. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, it's really taken off. So I think when it comes to our listeners, we probably have a, a couple different portions. We probably, I, I know we have some listeners that are, are deep into the other NFTs and know all about Zed and were involved in the drop last week. I know that we probably have some that have maybe loosely heard of Zed and are familiar with it, but haven't gotten involved themselves. And then we probably have some listeners that, that are strictly Top Shot people and have no idea what Zed is. So we're going to try to cover the, the gambit of things tonight, starting with the, the high level, go through your background, how you got involved in this space, and then dive deeper into to Zed specifically and just where, where you see this exciting world of gaming, NFTs, betting on esports, which I know you're also involved in. So I really love the intersection of all these these different things that our listeners are interested in coming to fruition tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm big into the, the, you know, the entertainment and gaming space, um, you know, VR and AR. And obviously uh, when I think about NFTs, I see a culmination of the arts, music, um, gaming all coming together into something r r really interesting. So yeah, I, I love this space. Awesome. All right. So let's, uh, yeah, let's just start by, by learning a little bit about yourself or, for people that may not know who you are yet or, or what you've been, been doing in this space. Can you just talk a little bit about yeah. your background and, and your, yeah. the, the company or companies that you're involved in, and then we can take it from there. Sure. So uh, I'm I'm older than both of you guys. Um, I've been uh, in the gaming gaming industry since the beginning of my career. We started many many years ago. Um, I actually uh, was the founder of a, a gaming PC company called Voodoo, and, um, and we used to build desktop Ferraris. We ended up our largest competitor was Alienware. We ended up selling to HP, and they sold to Dell. Um, <clears throat> it was pretty fun. And then uh, after that, I. I, I swore that I would never get involved in a, a large company, but uh, I, I got involved with a couple of startups. One of them was a, a betting on video game startup. Um, and uh, and then, you know, I, I decided to join Microsoft for whatever reason. Um, <clears throat> I joined Microsoft in uh, 2010. And, you know, within a couple of years, I ended up starting Microsoft Ventures. Um, and we built startup accelerators around the world. and. I spent a lot of time with startups in, in different countries. It was a lot of fun. And in the meantime, you know, I was on the, uh, the board of uh, board of advisor for Razer. They're like a gaming company. And, um, and, you know, I was also uh, starting to, to, to get involved with one of my old competitors, main gear computers. They make really high end computer systems. Um, I was like the first investor in a company called Vervana, which made a, um, an AR VR headset similar to Oculus, but it had cameras on the outside. So you, you could be wearing the headset and someone could throw a football at you from across the room and you'd see the football coming at you digitally. Really cool. And 
<clears throat> that company actually ended up selling to Apple. So in 2017, Apple's really big into this metaverse space. So anyways, long story short is um, when I was at Microsoft, <clears throat> I met my co-founder uh, at Unicorn, who we became very good friends. And uh, he's from Australia. And, you know, Australians love to, to bet on sports and they love to bet on everything. He actually was the um, him and him and our COO, who's also from Australia, were the ones who really got me, you know, introduced to horse racing because um, they love horse racing. They love betting and all of that stuff. And uh, we <clears throat> we ended up starting Unicorn in 2014. And and Unicorn is an esports and video game betting company where we let people um, watch professional video game tournaments and bet on them. But also they can bet on themselves in games like Fortnite. So, for example, we have we have two types of betting. One of them is 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 uh, spectator betting, where you can watch matches and place bets, which requires licenses. One of them is skill-based betting, where you can load a, <clears throat> a game of Fortnite or League of Legends or Dota or something like that, and we'll give you betting markets on yourself. And we'll say, for example, if you're if you think you're good at Fortnite and you want to bet you'll be one of 100, we might give you seven to one odds, and you can go place a bet on yourself and play the game. And you don't have to worry about betting like TJ betting against Justin, you can just bet on yourself against the machine, um, you know, in, in an actual game of Fortnite. And so it's, it's like this really crazy technology that we built over the years. Um, and yeah, it's just a, it's just an awesome company. And so I've been, uh, you know, I've been involved with that company for the last six years. And, you know, in the meantime, there's just other projects that have come our way. So here we are. That's awesome. I want to ask you about uh, the odds. So is this more of a numbers game where you're just taking enough of the bets and you're getting enough of the vidge that, um, you know, big that it's profitable or are you actually customizing per the person? Like if I'm seven to one this one and then I go and win a Fortnite game, am I dropping down to four to one the yeah, next one? No, like it, it, it's absolutely right. It's customized for the person. So we, 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 have, a, we have a pretty big, um, you know, uh, uh, sports book, you could say, or handicap book for individual gamers. So we have an idea of where we think you'll be. And we make predictions on that. Then we let you play a few games. And, um, and yeah, the odds adjust to you individually. And I assume there's probably a cap or whatever, because otherwise there's got to be some incentive for if I'm really good, I'll go play on TJ's account and get like a 20 to 1 when I should have only gotten that 4 to 1. We're really good at figuring out that stuff. <laughs> yeah. very, very good at it. That's, that's, that's part of our uh, secret sauce, you could say. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Awesome. Cool. And then, yeah, that's super interesting. I think that we, we could definitely dive deep into that stuff and, and we will, but I do want to, to go into the Zed run stuff because yeah. that, that's the, the hot topic at the moment. So if we could just start with, I guess, what, how would you explain Zed run to someone who maybe has never heard of it before or is, is very, very loosely familiar with it? Sure. So for, first, let me start by kind of giving you a little bit of background about the, the crypto space for us. At, at Unicorn, we, um, we actually built a, a, a coin economy back in 2015, where we, we felt that, you know, there's people in different markets around the world that wanted to participate on the platform, but um, couldn't do it, like couldn't gamble on the platform because it wasn't regulated in their region. So we created this, this free coin uh, that people could earn on the platform and they could bet with it. And, um, and this was called the Unicoin, and it became super popular over time. So in 2017, we turned it into a, a crypto coin, um, and, uh, and, it, and it gained in popularity. Um, the challenge was, as you guys know, in 2017, there was kind of this ICO bubble that took place. And, um, you know, the, there was regulatory issues that came up and uh, some companies got hit, some didn't. Um, you know, we, we had a challenge with the SEC where, where they felt that, well, not all of them. In fact, some of them felt that we were doing okay, but some of them felt that we were, you know, this was a security at one point. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, we just we just couldn't afford to, to play with the lawyers. So we just decided to settle as long as they agreed to refund the customers. And they did. Well, so we settled and it was, a, a you know, it was a shitty situation. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> my point is that there's been sort of multiple bubbles in the crypto space. Um, and uh, so, so back in, you know, 2012, 2013, there was like the Silk Road and Mt. Gox, you know, where Bitcoin spiked up and then it came down. 2017, there was the ICO space where a number of coins were created. Most of them were, you know, garbage or, you know, or, or they had uh, regulatory issues. Um, and then some sort of survived, but that bubble popped as well. 
And, you know, back then people thought Bitcoin was going to fail. And, uh, you know, they like I told you so, you should have sold your Bitcoin. And, and, and we still were sort of big believers in it. And then <clears throat> now in 2021, it's the year of DeFi and NFTs. And um, during the time of development, there were some really cool projects coming up, especially when uh, the ERC721 token came up. And that's how we discovered Zed. The guys in Australia, um, there's just there's just something about them. They're super talented, very smart. You know, they 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 kind of see interesting projects come to them. And Unicorn is a company that sort of is a magnet for interesting talent and technologies. <clears throat> and uh, they, my partner and our COO, got um, got you know put in front of this this deal with Zed and met the co-founders of Zed in Australia because they're all Australian. And, you know, they shared this idea of, you know, they want to build uh, digital horses on the blockchain. And, um, and, and so let's talk about what it is and, and, and you know, how, how it is that we, you know, we saw promise in them. Basically, um, think of it like this. So back then, you know, there was like CryptoKitties, which was trading, car, uh, trading cards of cats, right, that did really nothing. Um, the vision here was that horse racing is something that people really care about. And... <clears throat> and there's multiple parts to horse racing. There's the ownership of horses. So if you're a if you're a you know a, somebody who owns a stable of horses, you have to take care of those horses, right? And you know these horses or these thoroughbreds can be worth lots of money. Um, and it's very expensive and it's very hard to kind of take care of real horses. Um, there is the there's the breeding aspect to horses. You know where you know you have a, a winning racehorse and you may want to breed it with a you know, uh, another racehorse, uh, you know, at some point in time and, and produce offspring and maybe race those offspring. There's the, um, there's the racing. So the people who own the tracks, the, you know, the, 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 the idea of horse racing is such a big deal in Australia. It's a big deal in like Kentucky and there's lots of places around the world where horse racing is massive. So there's the venues <clears throat> that make a ton of money on this stuff. And, you know, the big brands come in and that sort of thing. And um, and then there's the gamblers. So people watch horse racing around the world and they place bets on them in you know, regulated environments and it's super exciting. And all of that is this, this giant ecosystem in an actual sport that, that is, has, has you know, been around for hundreds of years and it's super popular, right? Um, and it continues to, to be popular. However, it does cater to an older audience. And so <clears throat> Zed's idea was this, it's the year 2140. You know, it's in a dystopian earth. And, you know, we want to create these digital thoroughbreds that look like digital thoroughbreds. You know, they're polygonic monsters. They're not your realistic, oh, look at this beautiful horse with its mane. And, oh, my God, their graphics are so realistic. These are like, you know, badass looking horses, right? And you know by looking at them, they're from the future. <clears throat> and these horses are racing on tracks that you can only dream about. So, for example, you know, what would a race look like on the Las Vegas Strip in the year 2140 or the Sydney Harbor Bridge or the or the Golden Gate Bridge, you know, that type of thing. And um, and, you know, they wanted to create an environment where people could buy horses, they could breed them, they could trade them, they could race them and they could win um, and they can win prize money, which will be self-generated by the community over time. And then ultimately people will to watch and gamble on these horses. And all of this lives on the blockchain. That's Zed in a nutshell. Yeah, that's awesome. Have you ever heard of Derby Owners Club? Or were you familiar with that kind of video game from what, probably like 10, 15 years ago in Sega? Yeah. I think it's interesting because that's kind of the comparison that a lot of people, at least in my generation, like grew up, like you went to your Dave and Buster's or Chuck E. Cheese, not Chuck E. Cheese, but whatever it was. And you had this and it was a similar one. Now, obviously, you didn't actually own the horse. You weren't having any form of digital ownership. There wasn't any betting on it, but it still took that concept. And I mean, children loved it. And what, ch what child like enjoys really horse racing that or knows much about it, but through a video game and just like great to like, kind of see. And I think there is a wide connection for this of all ages, but without a doubt, it's still probably the user base is still very crypto. The user base is very techie. And I think, that's probably one of the challenges that I think a lot of people see right now is how do I get into this? It seems really fun. I see the videos, my whatever influencer I follow is on Twitter and he's posting videos on it, but I want to kind of get involved. Is it challenging right now? Is it like, is it, are there plans to make it easier to get and get that adoption? What's it look like? You know, it's funny that you say that. It's it's very much like NBA Top Shots. You know, they they've they've done their best to kind of like sort of 
make it as easy as possible for people to get on board. And, you know, NBA Top Shots is really great because it's it's actually started to sort of mainstream, you know, crypto in many ways. And so, you know, and, and I kind of get off on these tangents a little bit sometimes, you know, I'm a Bitcoin maximalist, as I would say, but there's these Bitcoin maximalists who'd say, oh, don't buy NFTs, they're garbage, but they don't realize that, you know, that makes more interest in crypto in general. Um, and Zed is kind of doing the same thing. The guys are always trying to make the experience better and easier for regular people to get on board. But, you know, crypto is hard. Um, but the, the the drops, they've done four drops so far, and they continue to improve on, on how they deliver their technology. In the next couple of weeks, they're going to be fully on Matic, and you're going to have gasless transactions, and they're a lot faster. And, you know, um, but, but the bottom line is you're right. You know, crypto's like it, generally it sucked you know for for a user experience it was really hard to understand however it's getting better and um you know as as you mentioned with that game there was no ownership to it you know there was no attachment to the user <clears throat> now i've got the like if you look at my twitter feed i posted a picture today of my horse walking around my house you know i i use the z app in the in the android store I, I take a horse out of my stable, I can throw it somewhere in the house and you can walk it around and you can change the size of it and do all this stuff and take pictures of it. It's really neat. And um, and you get attached to these things, you know, and then you can take your horse and, and, and throw it in a race and, you know, watch it race. And if it wins, uh, that horse becomes worth more, you know, um, over time, right? So, um, so yeah, I, I think I think to your point, it, it's uh, <clears throat> it's hard to get involved uh, you know, the, the, the barriers to entry are a little bit steep, but they're getting better. And what's fascinating about it is <clears throat> if the barriers for entry are steep right now and Zed is on a hockey stick growth, what's going to happen when this thing is easy to do? Like it's going to explode. And, you know, I think they're completely shocked with how much growth, you know, Zed has had in the last month or so. It's just been unbelievable. I think they, they just did a drop the other day where they sold out, uh, they, they produced 2000 Genesis horses. Um, they broke it up into four parts, 20 minutes each part. Uh, they sold out each group of horses and they, and they sold around $5 million worth of horses, you know, in a, in a matter of 60 minutes. And there was like thousands of people who were pissed off because they weren't able to get a horse, um, because they were bought so fast, you know, <laughs> that. No, I'm not mad, but I was, I did try to get a horse and I, I was not unable to, Man, I, got I, I went through the whole process. I connected yeah. my wallet, all of that. So I at least have some familiarity with with the experience now that was that was the first time for me personally trying yeah it, yeah it was, it was pretty cool yeah the experience can get better and it will uh because i have friends that did the same thing they were trying to buy horses and they couldn't so now i got people asking me if i can have some of my horses i've been buying horses you know since the beginning of this thing so you know it's yeah it's pretty amazing yeah how many horses do you have in your stable I have a, uh, a few different stables, so I, I say, but you know, I've got a lot of horses. So yeah. Yeah. Do you have a stable boy? Do you have someone who manages your stables for Not you? Yeah. In fact, um, okay. you know, I'm, I'm the stable boy. I'm, I'm starting to like, I took one of the stables where I have 10 horses and I just started racing them myself um, just for fun. But you know, cause I want to learn more. It's funny, you know, I do these clubhouse rooms with people and I listen to people in the community about it. And I'm on, I'm on there with the, the co-founders, you know, Chris and Rob and, uh, you know, and, and ebbs and, you know, the, hearing them talk about it is pretty awesome. But I'll tell you, there's people in the, in the community who ask questions, not in the community, but new people who come on board and they say, hey, so if I buy like a Z1 and, and I race it against a Z10 or I breed it with a Z10 and turns into a Z11, you know, how do I know what the chances of it winning a race are and that kind of thing? <clears throat> and what's funny is you can ask the co-founders this, but really the best people to ask are people in the community are actually like building their own game theory around it and they've figured out you know ways you know to to assess a horse in certain races and <clears throat> and they've turned it into a bit of a skill to become a better racer you know so um it's pretty neat to see them do this and they you know they these things are evolving over time and people in the community are so rabid and engaged with this it's 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 really neat to see yeah i mean like i've seen this couple this question come up a couple of times but um obviously they're you know how do we make money on them? I understand that there's some aspects to actually breed it and you can sell those. You can actually enter races. Can you just kind of talk through? So like I mentioned, the game theory thing yep. is very interesting, but just what are the strategies people are taking? Because I've also heard some people aren't ever going to race theirs and that might hold a premium and that might be more valuable for some reason. I don't think it would though. Like, so, so there's an argument for and against that. So here, here let me explain what, it, what that means. So you have a horse that has, let's say you buy like a Z1 Nakamoto, 
like billions, right? They're, Z1, they're Z1 is the <laughs> first Genesis, the very nicest, most expensive. Yeah, How it, much it, are these yeah. going for? Yeah, so so the Z1s are, um, well, I mean, last week when, when it went on sale, there were 17 grand each, of course, and they sold out within minutes. But a, a Z1, there's only gonna be 2,000 ever produced, um, just to give you an idea. Um, and a, a Z, so let, let's say you have a, a, a Z1 Nakamoto like billions, which recently resold for $125,000. Um, and you never race it, right? It just sort of sits there and it's got the name billions. So they're, they're, really what happens is the person who's buying billions off the market might say, you know, I really like this horse. I like the name. I like the fact that it's gold. It's a limited color. It's a Z1 Nakamoto. It's a Genesis horse. I love the fact that it's not raced because it's untouched. It's a virgin horse or whatever they say. But then there's someone else who says, no, I want a horse. Like I saw a Z8 the other day with a 25% win rate that had uh, collected over $5,000 in winnings. I want to buy that horse, right? And and like I'd pay, you know, I'd probably pay like 10, 12 grand for that horse because it's already made 5,000 in winnings, 25% win rate. I might even pay more than 12 grand for it. You know, I don't care. Uh, even though it's a, not a Z1, it's a Z8. It's still a great horse. So, <clears throat> so you know, you have to kind of look at the providence of the horse and the history and, you know, how it's raced, you know, that kind of thing, and then make your own decisions on it. Um, yeah, I hope that answers the question. And then what are the what are the characteristics of the horse that would that you know determine that it, it races well, right? I think that well, a lot of people may, may not know exactly, right? How do I know that a horse is going to race well or not, or do I not know until you yeah, actually no, put the you, horse in a race? Well, you kind of you kind of have. So if you buy a Z one, so there's Z one through Z ten in the Genesis horses, right? Um, and you know, so Z one and Z twos are Nakamotos, and then it goes to like. You know, there's there's uh, there's basically four different classes all the way down to Z10. Z10s are buterins, uh, which is kind of named after Vitalik Buterin, the Ethereum guy. Um, but um, but essentially, you, you can't always assume that a Z1 is going to be better than a Z10. But you can you can assume that there's certain it has an edge, <clears throat> in like certain attributes has an edge which makes it better. And you 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 could have a race where a Z10 beats a Z1. It's possible. But the the um, the odds are are sorry the statistics are a little bit stronger for a, a Z1. They they might they might run longer distances better, or they might burst faster. You know, after 1,200 meters, they might go from 1,200 to you know 1,800 and get like a speed burst. You know, you don't know until you race the horse and you get an idea of the characteristics of that horse because every horse is different. But you can you can rest assured that if you have a Z1. You know, there's there's uh, they're they're a great horse, and there's something about them that gives them an edge. But they're not always going to win. And and how are these actually races results uh, created? Because I mean, yeah. we understand randomness doesn't really exist in computer lingo. You can fake it, but like, do each of these have certain like in behind the scenes? Is there this racehorse has a certain percentile chance of winning against this level of competition in these races? Like, it seems very complex. So there's multiple factors that go into it. Now, look, I don't even know the algorithm that goes into it. I just know that the CTO for Z is brilliant and there's lots of factors. So, you know, like I said, some horses might have certain burst speeds better. Some horses might even corner better. Like when corners are introduced on the tracks, you know, you might see that. Um, and uh, and essentially there's sort of like different bloodlines and genotypes the horses have. Um, you know, there's, there's also other things that factor into it, like in, in terms of the value of the horse, to the eye of the beholder, like the rare color, if the color is super rare, you know, or the name, imagine if you have a horse named LeBron, like that's pretty fucking cool, right? So you might want to just buy LeBron just because it's LeBron and, and that's awesome, but, uh, or billions, you know, you might buy billions because of the name. So there's, there's different psychological factors and factors that come, that go into it. But at the end of the day, I just look at the deep statistics. So you can, you can actually go to any race on Zed um, you can actually look at the entire history of, uh, you know, of races and watch every single race that's ever happened on Zed. Um, and you can double click on the horses and go into the detail, you know, how, how long was the race, who won the race, you know, who were they against, all of that stuff, and start to build your own stats around it. Look, you guys are fantasy guys. Um, I think fantasy people who do fantasy betting well are really, really smart. Um, and they And they do it based on, you know, like actual skill, they have a skill involved in how they pick their teams and that sort of thing. Same thing with with uh, people in the Z community. They look at all the factors. They come up with their own game theory as to why these horses win certain things. They even know like the breeding, um, or at least they think they know the breeding and then the outcomes of the breeding and what they're going to end up with. Um, it's really neat. So 
Um, the other cool thing about breeding is, because you know, you talk about like why do people buy horses? Like at the beginning of this discussion, you asked about you know the the investment thesis or whatever behind buying a horse. Um, <clears throat> so it's not just about buying a horse and speculating on the value of the horse. It's um, you can enter the horse in races. You can you can do free races. You can pay for races. The prize money is all there. Um, you know, eventually you're going to see branded races where you know you've got like Atari coming in and doing an Atari Invitational or something, or or even like other brands, luxury brands, that kind of thing, doing an Invitational. You'll see skins on horses, which is really cool. Um, but then you'll the all the other thing is if you have a really good stud that you know that that has a high winning rate, you're going to have you know people who who have you know female horses that say, look, I want to breed with your stud. Um, you know, the studs get to, to breed eight times a month. The females get to breed twice a month, um, but the females get to keep the offspring. So like, you know, if you have a really good female horse, you might want to hold on to it and then keep the, off keep the offspring because that's your money when you sell that horse. So it is, um, it's truly a phenomenal game. Um, and the other thing about it is, uh, man, there's so much depth to this. Like if you ever have a chance to just sit down with the founders and just hear them hear, hear them out, you'll be blown away with their vision for this. But like um, they're talking about doing, you know, NFT tracks. So <clears throat> so you can own part of a racetrack or even buy an entire racetrack. You'll have uh, spots in the track where you can have sponsorships. You can bring brands in. You can bring NFT art into it and integrate that into the track. So if there's like really great, really great artists out there that want to collaborate, we can put their art on the track and feature it. <clears throat> um, we could, we've had artists come like musicians come and say, look, we want, we want you to change the song and put our song on there. So we could do an NFT song and have a click on it, go to the Spotify, listen to their song. I mean, this is truly the, the most forward thinking metaverse game that I've seen, uh, you know, with so many different stakeholders. And again, the stakeholders are horse owners, horse traders, horse breeders, racers, track owners, betters, you know, gamblers, gambling houses, like, um, you know, there, there's so many gambling companies around the world that want this on their platform. Uh, I, I just, I don't even know how all of this is going to come together, but man, they all are calling, asking for it. So it's, it's kind of- I'm getting more and more tilted that I didn't get a horse last <laughs> week now. I'm like, man, <laughs> this sounds, this sounds awesome. And then, so what is Unicorn doing with regards to Zed and kind of the betting wise? Because- um, Well, so- yeah. So unicorn is um, we're 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 unicorns really focus on like esports at the moment and e and making the esports betting experience better, adding new games to the platform and that kind of thing. There's also a project that they're work that um, unicorn is working on with Zed right now, um, <clears throat> and it's 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 around uh, virtual horse racing, which um, I can't really give too much detail on it. I can just say that um, you know the the guy who who was really champion this for unicorn the Zed relationship is a uh, one of the smartest guys that that I, I know he's he's our COO his name is Andrew Boris he uh, he used to be the deputy COO of Tabcorp it's like the largest gambling company in Australia um, so he was like next in line to be CEO there um, and he also uh, sits on the board of the Australian uh, horse racing uh, you know committee or whatever you want to call it he he's uh he's big into this stuff and and so he had you know a future vision for like virtual horse racing and you know um and bringing their content onto the platform but it goes way beyond unicorn because you know if if well zed will do this successfully um you know when they do we want to open it up to everybody so you know we want to give other betting operators around the world the ability to take bets on this because it's just it's so cool. And so <clears throat> the challenge is getting it through the, the regulatory process. Um, and I don't think that's going to be a big issue for us because, you know, it uses a provably fair system and it's very much on the level. And I think any regulator who digs into this will really appreciate it. So, yeah. So you, you have to separate the two parts of Zed because really it's a game. You, you don't want to like, um, I always tell people this, there's two parts to it. One is the ecosystem of owning breeding, racing, and winning prize money, <clears throat> and then also, um, you know, selling your offspring and that sort of thing. All of that is, is, is available globally. And it's, it's not gambling. It's just, it is what it is. It's horse racing. It's available everywhere. Anyone in China can do it. People in Middle East can do it, that kind of thing without, you know, worrying about, you know, it being gambling. 
the minute you add a, a gambling component to it, then you talk about going in regulated environments. So, you know, somewhere in the UK or, or like across Europe or certain states in the US where you can watch something, um, you know, or watch a horse race and place a bet, that has to be done in a regulated environment with a license. Um, so th that's where a company like Unicorn would come in and enable that. That's interesting. And so, I mean, like a lot of the people here, obviously, they're familiar with Top Shot. I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh, Top Shot's going to be creating a mobile game called Hardcore um, that we don't know too much details, but it's going to incorporate some aspects of, of mobile video style game, um, playing basketball, the NFTs, the actual moments are going to have some kind of value within. Do you see there being some form of an opportunity there for betting? Do you think like, is there a future um, for other NFTs where betting kind of comes into play? So I'm not sure. Um, like, I, I, I don't know enough about Top Shot to say what the future would look like for betting, to be honest with you. Um, I could say that what really intrigues me about Top Shot is it's brought in a, um, an audience that would normally never have thought about crypto before until now. And, and there's so many interesting people involved in Top Shots. There's all kinds of players, uh, and many of those players are really into Zed, uh, which which blows my mind. Like, you know, it, it's it's funny how much crossover there is between those who are into Top Shots who are into Zed. So, um, you know, I, I didn't think that, I'm actually a little bit surprised at how quickly Zed grew um, because, you know, I, I've always believed that horse racing tends to skew to a much older audience, but, and, and, and we always thought that Zed would bring it to a much younger audience, but we didn't think, I didn't think it would happen this fast, but it just did. It just, it just happened. So, so there, 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 there might be opportunities to collaborate with Top Shot somehow. I don't know how, but you know, who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Well, as you say, TJ, it sounds like if this was Rohan talking about uh, what Jonathan Bales did to the or to Top Shot, where just you know, just going along, yeah. just doing its thing, and then just absolutely crazy. And I think Zed had a similar where just going along, and then kind of picked up a little virality. And uh, next thing you know, you can't buy a horse. Yeah. And, and next thing you know, you know, like I used to have, um, you know, weekly meetings with the team. Uh, you know, we'd sit there for like two hours and just, just shooting the shit. And now it can't even get like five minutes. <laughs> they're, they're so underwater, but uh, they'll, they'll get through it. So, yeah. 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 And so is the, so the only way to get a horse is through the drops right now? No, no, no. You, you, can, buy, you can buy horses on open sea. On the secondary market, yeah, okay. If you, if you want to buy them on the secondary market. So you don't, so okay, yeah. So you buy them on the secondary market. The only time you buy them directly from the website is in the, the drops. Yeah. Just because, drop. again, like the top shot people are, I think, are very focused on the website and they don't know about OpenSea and, you know, they struggle with the whole MetaMask wallet thing. And so I, right. I think that that is paying gas and not getting anything. Yeah, pay, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So that's all going to change. So uh, as far as the paying gas and not getting anything, you won't see that on Zed ever again after uh, on this next drop. There won't be any gas. Uh, it's going to be gasless transactions. It's built fully on Matic, which is a layer two Ethereum solution. I mean, these guys have thought about everything. They listen to their community uh, very closely. So there won't be any of that bullshit. But I, I'll, I'll say this, um, you know, you can buy, there's only going to be 38,000 Genesis horses. That's it, ever produced, right? And then after that, um, you can you can buy uh, breeding horse, breeder horses. And, and I think that um, I think that you'll be able to, you know, Zed will have a, a marketplace for breeder horses, uh, you know, and we'll feature them and that kind of thing. But they, you know, the, the, a lot of that revenue goes back to the community. So it's, it's just such a neat platform. And then, and then there's other things that are coming. So, you know, like I mentioned, um, NFT tracks, I'm, I'm only saying this because I've, I've heard, I've heard, you know, um, the, the founders talk about this publicly. So I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable talking about it, but like NFT tracks, uh, you know, sections of tracks selling that, um, I've heard them say like there could be moments. So for example, let's say I own, I don't know, the, the horse Satoshi, which I, I wish I did, but let's say I own the horse Satoshi and, the, and Satoshi's going across the, you know, the finish line and wins a race. I can capture that moment. I can turn it into NFT and then, and then you know, put that out on the open market. Um, pretty cool. I mean, there's some neat things we can do. And then, and then also I think um, I feel a little bad about <clears throat> a lot of these <clears throat> artists jumping into NFTs right now. Um, the reason I feel bad, I guess, is because you know, there's there's a lot of people talking about the bubble and the market's coming down and people sells this thing for $60 million. So all these artists want to jump in. But um, I, I do think that there is a bubble and there's a lot of shit being created right now. And there's some really good quality stuff that's probably not being discovered. 
Um, I'd like to personally pick, you know, five or six artists and feature their art in the Zed ecosystem. Um, and I think that's the kind of thing that we can do that, you know, um, no one else can do right now, you know? So, um, and as you can see with Zed is, it's not a stationary thing. It's not video. It's not a picture. It's like a moving, you know, beautiful polygonic futuristic game. Um, and I was talking to some clubhouse room yesterday and there was a guy in there who said, you know, I'm 43 years old and I watch my kids play Fortnite and Minecraft and those games just like, I, I can't follow it, but Zed, I can co totally follow and get into it. Um, and that's just so awesome to hear because I feel the same way in many ways. That's awesome. I could definitely envision different tracks having like different themes. Like what is it? MBS JQ. He always has the kind of space and the astronaut and the pool and like, if you could get his art to kind of like resonate through the track or you've got like what our one friend did Jack bought on um, the skull or Rohan actually got it, bought it and gave it to Jack. Um, but like there's like, the themes with some of these more digital crypto artists. Um, it'd be cool to kind of see the tracks being built around their kind of themes. Would be cool. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, and, and uh, Chris and Rob have been um, part of this, uh, the NFT community for a long time. They, they actually bought some land in Decentraland where there's a Zed um, building you can walk into and you can you can go through the Zed building and watch races and things like that. So they're deep into this community building and collaborating with other producers or other creators, which I love. So, yeah. That's awesome. And I know you said there's only going to be, what was it, 3,800 Genesis horses or? 38,000. 38,000. So that's a lot of names that you need to come up with. I can make a recommendation <laughs> if you want to create one that just says own the moment. I mean, yeah. we, uh, okay. we, we can chat. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, I'm sure they're listening right now. So yeah, There's, uh, the, the, the names part is funny because, you know, um, no one really thought that names would affect, you know, value or the psychology behind it, but it really does. It's, it's really funny. And, and so we have some, some other ideas around names that we're, that we're thinking of, by the way, if you, if you, uh, if you breed your horse and you get the offspring, you get to name the offspring. Of course, it's named after the stable, but you get to name it. It's kind of cool. TJ, imagine a purple own the moment horse. Oh, that's yeah, just, and, just and, out and there and winning races. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's the horse I want. Now I don't just want any horse. I want the own the moment horse, and, and I'm not going to settle for anything less. What's cool about it is if you have a Z1, uh, like say, say you have a Z3 breeding with a Z10, you end up with a Z13. So it's like some kind of freak, you know? So you have a Z13 purple named own the moment. And, you know, and it has like a 20% win rate and it's won $5,000 in prize money. I'd buy that horse, you know? So yeah, it's, it's such a neat game. Ah, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, it's a tax write-off for all the money that we're not making. This works out well. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, w w one more thing I should probably say about it is, um, you know, again, like I go into a lot of these uh, Bitcoin rooms and stuff, because as I said, I'm a Bitcoin most of and I, and I really truly believe Bitcoin is like the hardest money out there. And it's a great investment. Personally, I believe that. Um, and I tell people, they say, well, what, what are you doing in these NFTs? Like, what is this shit? You know, is this just like another, you know, coin type thing? And, and, you know, I, and I try and explain to them the, the, this is different. This is like, um, you know, NFTs are, are breaking, uh, the breaking into the music, the entertainment, the arts and the gaming industry, like you've never seen before, you know, and, um, there's something here that's real, that's being created. Um, and there's, um, and the value is in the fact that there's users out there that are actually using the stuff that love it. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> say what you want, you can continue to invest your money in Bitcoin and that's fine. But if you want to play and have fun and do something cool, there's, there's nothing wrong with trying it and just seeing what it's all about. Right. Um, it doesn't mean that you go and you, you throw all your money at a horse, but, <clears throat> but the idea of buying horses and having fun and playing a game, it's, it's, it, you don't have to do one or the other, right? You can do both at the same time. And still, you still lead a good life. So yeah, it seems like the kind of thing where people could come in intending to just, you know, make a quick buck or whatever, but then they just get so caught up in the gaming aspect of it and actually there's just way enjoy the experience. On Zed. You know I mean? There's way less of that on Zed than there is on the early that. NFT platforms. The the early NFT platforms, people were just buying to speculate and like hope it goes up. Zed is all about engagement. They, they, if you go to their community, go to their Discord. So go to Zed.run and then go down to the Discord and just look at how active the community is and it continues to grow. It's very rabid. There's no way these guys are speculating. They're they're building their future. Some of these guys are going to be full-time stable owners 
for real. Like there, this is the future of work for them. There, there, there's, there's people today asking about how do I buy a track, you know, and I, and can I buy an entire track, you know, that type of thing. Can you imagine if you own a track in Zed and it's, it's, you know, you see races every few minutes and some of these races are going to be on their track and they can bring in Budweiser and Guinness and, you know, different companies to come sponsor. To me, that's like a pretty fucking awesome platform. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I know Doofy Racing has done some great stuff. I've seen some of theirs on Twitter. Um, let's see it. Let's make that horse. Contact us. Let us know. We would love to get a purple own the moment free course. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I think I think my my favorite moment this week was watching um, uh, Barstool Big Cat, you know, with his race. Did you see that? Yep. Oh, yep. oh I, saw, I saw you posted it. You were yeah, it was so yeah. good. It's so funny. His horse is a donkey. Like he he just, <laughs> he just has to race it a few more times. But it's just so cool to see that. You know, that type of stuff. You you just can't pay for that kind of thing. You know, um, it just happens organically. It's so beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. I want to pick your brain just from you know, the perspective that you have, um, and obviously my mind's a lot with the top shot and stuff. And I think one of the great things that Zed has done more than probably anyone else with NFTs is add utility. So mm-hmm. obviously it's not just, you're buying this cool horse and you can, yes, you can show it in your room with another third party app, but you've got all these other aspects and really get that game. What do other companies and like top shot, for example, like what do they need to do to add that level of utility to their NFTs so that it's not just another, GIF or collectors, you know, picture, like what's the kind of, what's the key? Well, you know, the, the, the key here was not making it about the NFT technology. The, the key here was that, you know, um, uh, Chris had a vision for, you know, creating a, like if, if you, l- let's start from what the problem he was trying to solve is. You walk into a pub in Australia and you'll see these little uh, plunker machines where people sit there and bet on horse racing. They're fake horses, right? They're they're animated cartoon horses. It's just trash. Um, and the only reason they do this is because horse racing has a limited amount of uh, events. So you know, if you can't go to the Melbourne Cup and place a bet, you go to the pub and you place a bet on these dog, these like stupid dog shit, you know, like animated horse machines. And and then um, you know, listening to to, to Chris Ebbs uh, talk about. Um, uh, his, you know, he wants to make these like Tamagotchis on steroids, you know, like we grew up playing with Tamagotchis, my kids played with Tamagotchis, you know, that type of thing. Um, and just seeing how like my kids would cry when their Tamagotchis died. Right. Um, you know, so there's just this, there's just this, uh, you know, what, what's missing is that, is that magic of, of, uh, being part of that whole ecosystem and building something that's visceral that you want to reach out and feel and touch. That's what Zed has, um, that it's really hard to replicate. You can't just say, let me go take, you know, um, like crypto kitties and turn it into Zed. It's, it's hard to do that. Um, but, but if you can do some sort of real world thinking around, you know, an experience that you want to recreate that has a bit of nostalgia, <clears throat> it, it's, uh, you know, it's something that people love to do. You know, I've always wanted to own a horse, but I don't want to clean the barn, you know, that, that type of thing. You know, that, that's the really interesting thing about it. And, and this could go to other things. This could go to camel racing, you know, like in, in the Middle East, they love racing camels. So, and, and it's a big deal, right? So if you go to camel racing, you go to all sorts of stuff, you know? And, um, and so there is a, there's a, a really neat engine that they've built um, that could apply to uh, multiple types of, of products. So yeah, so to answer your question, it's 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 a intangible thing that I'm trying to describe, and and that is the, the, that is that they're they're creating nostalgia, they're creating attachment, um, their 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 users are getting sucked in, uh, and their users love everything that they do. You know, they're becoming fans and evangelists without paying them. How do you create that? I don't know. Awesome. I've seen Chain Monsters referenced I, I was a few just, times. I was just going to say I, that. We had some DMs that. earlier in our Discord. Someone mentioned it. We've had it in chat a couple times. Are you familiar with this? Do you have a take on it? I, I have I, no idea. I, I've, had, I've had people hit me up on it. I need to check it out. Um, I, and I apologize to people in the Chain Monster community because, uh, you know, I've, they've been bugging me about it for a while now. So, yeah, I've, I've got to look into it. So, I just put up the, the website. It looks like Pokemon to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chain Monsters is a massive multiplayer online role-playing game where you catch, battle, trade, explore, combine different types of monsters. 
So interesting. Yeah. We will check it out ourselves and uh, maybe we'll have someone from Chain Monsters if this kind of picks up. Otherwise, uh, yeah. There's definitely been some interest at least. So people are talking about it. Yeah. 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 I know I've had people, I've had people ask me as well. And, you know, I just, I just, um, it, 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 it's hard to, it's hard to crack that nut of, you know, getting that hockey stick growth and, and there's something that gets you there. And in, in the case of Zed, I think it's a combination of things. Like I said to you before, there's multiple stakeholders in the Zed economy, uh, or the Zed ecosystem, you know, um, and in, in the case of most, you know, games, there really is only one and that's the user. Uh, but in this case, the, the, the user can be so many different things. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing. So many, so many different opportunities and, uh, yeah, yeah like just... I, I, I really see Zed as a multi-billion dollar company uh, at some point, you know, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a great, great thing. So, yeah. What other, cause I mean, let's see, um, the, team behind Zed Run is also more than just Zed, right? There's also like, I remember looking um, and there's something about like a larger vision, like we're going to build beyond just Zed. Do you see kind of similar opportunities for, I don't want to just mirror and say like dog racing, but like maybe other aspects where you no, can no. NFT own <laughs> games? Well, um, look, I see, I, I definitely see Zed doing, you know, other things in the future. Zed is owned by Virtual Human Studios and Virtual Human Studios is you know, is is thinking about like what are the things they could get into, but I do see you know um, like the NFT technology used in other areas. Um, you know, I could see a game like League of Legends. I could see Riot doing something really cool with League uh, that they they just you know, historically they just didn't want to get into cryptocurrency, but may, maybe now they'll think about it. And 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 by the way, you know, I often get the question like, why blockchain? Why do you need a blockchain to do it? Why can't you just build a website and do it on a website? And you know what they don't. What when you explain Zed and what it is, you know, you, you you can't breed, you can't you can't you know create marketplaces, you can't create opportunities for your community without blockchain. So you know Zed really needs blockchain to, to be what it is today. And I think um, I I think I, I guess where I'm going with this is the 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 goal is to build a really great game or a really great experience. Uh, you know that 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 has that magic in it, and then put blockchain in the background so people don't really care about the technology that it's built on, but it's using blockchain in a really creative way um, to 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 create hot fire, and that's what Zed's doing. Yeah. Very cool. Anything else that that we have for Rahul, Justin? I'm trying to think. I mean, so I like the last point they touched on, and it's something that from my enterprise side of things, we always talked about, like the great blockchain applications are the ones where it doesn't matter that anyone knows that it's on blockchain. And at the end of the day, like if we were to build something with a NoSQL database, like I'm not talking about that database behind the scenes, um, but like you want to find ways to actually leverage the unique characteristics of blockchain or distributed ledger technology and the from there build it, right? The discovery, you know, that's a big deal. Uh, you know, these marketplaces that are open, like you said earlier, I don't think Justin, I think you said it where, you know, the guys at Top Shots don't really pay attention to what's happening in the secondary markets. Well, that's fine. They don't have to, like that's what blockchain affords them, right? They they, they can just focus on building a really great, uh, you know, um, uh, like a card opening experience for their, you know, for their fans, that's it. So yeah, it's, uh, that's what I love about blockchain. Very cool. And so what is um what is Zed Run's kind of revenue model here? Is it just from the horses? It's at the races and they're ever gonna um kind of discuss the idea of adding royalties for the secondary marketplace. I think that's kind of all the hot items for NFTs right now. Yeah, I think all of the above. So, you know, it's it's basically selling horses. It's um it's it's you know, the a lot of the money goes back into the prize pools, into you know, into into running these races. Um it can be in the NFT tracks. It can be in the brand sponsorships. Like every, I think you know, major brands are now coming and asking, you know, how do we get involved? You know, if if, if Rolex called and said we want to do a Rolex Invitational, we'd be happy to you know do something there. Um, you know, creating skins on horses that are you know like brands potentially on some of the Genesis horses can do. Um, you know, Atari is doing a a brand partnership with Zed that looks interesting. Um, you know, where they've they've basically given Zed access to all of their old IP. Uh, you know, all their old graphics and things. So you can imagine all the cool stuff you can do with Atari. Um, it's uh, it's the breeding part. So, you know, when you breed a horse and, and you, you're, you you own the female horse, you get the offspring, but Zed gets a cut, you know, like of, of the breeding. 
um, you know, and then and then you know when you go resell your horses, um, you know the Zed Zed gets a cut. Like it's a small cut, but it gets a cut. So there's a lot of different revenue opportunities for Zed, um, and I think because it owns all the all the assets, um, you know, the gambling companies want access to to this stuff so that they can get live, real, raw data. So when they build odds and they and they know the outcomes, you know, that are happening before, like they'll they'll, they'll know the outcomes the exact same time the race ends, regardless of the delay on Twitch. Um, <clears throat> they'll know, like if, if you if you happen to be piped into the server somehow, um, you know, you can't place a bet, like you know, without the betting company knowing the outcome at the same time as you. And and so having access to that pipe, having <clears throat> having access to those assets without having to worry about getting sued is really awesome. So, you know, uh, Zed owns the entire uh, entire ecosystem. And what is, what is the frequency <clears throat> of races? Like how, on a average day, how many races oh, are, man, are happening? I, they're, they're happening all the time. So, you know, if you go to Zed Run right now <clears throat> and you go to racing and you click on next to run, you'll see like right now in one minute and 15 seconds, there's going to be a race. It's called the Changsha Handicap. And then after that, the Stockholm Spirit Championship in six minutes, and then eleven minutes, and sixteen minutes, like, like every five minutes, I guess. Nonstop. Yep. Yeah. And I think there's, such, there's such a backlog right now of just interest of people wanting to get in the races, and I think a lot yep. of things is, is like once these prize pools get larger, I think that's going to attract which, a bit more because it's a little small will. change right now. Yeah. W which they will. So you're going to see, you know, you, you you will see one day like a, a million dollar prize pool, you know, and uh, you're you're going to see like some big ass races going through here. So now it's just about building. Um, you know, building the, uh, uh, the, 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 the ecosystem basically. So, yeah. All right. We're going to take you when one of your horses is ready to race in that million dollar race, when your stable boy has done all the great work, when you've bred whatever, we'll get you back on the show and we're going to, we'll get that live race going and then TJ and I will bet. <laughs> My horses are, are probably not good enough for that. Like I'm not that good at this. I'm just doing it for fun. Uh, but there's people in the community that I, I would think could, could do very well at this. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be neat. I, and we can connect you with people in the community that, that do have those big winning races and stuff. If you ever want to interview them. Yeah, no, that's yeah. exciting. I think for me personally, I'm most excited kind of just the math and the analytics behind it and kind of thinking about like, you know, a, all that game theory and all the, you know, uh, in our discord earlier today, people were talking about that. They've been mapping out how their races, how their horses are doing every hundred meters. So yeah. then they can kind of get a better idea of, well, yeah, it lost this 2000, but maybe it's better at the 800 or where it kind of has its strengths and stuff. And you can actually map out a trajectory. And I can just imagine the kind of data visualization as well to show like where your horse is kind of accelerating and decelerating and such. And um, yeah, yeah, really cool. yeah, absolutely. This is great. I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready to go buy my horse or I'm ready for my, uh, <laughs> I'm ready for our duty racing to get us on the moment, right? Yeah, the next drop is coming soon. I think you'll see. Well, just pay attention to the Z.run website, uh, you know, and you'll see when the next drop is. Be aware that the, um, you know, the don't, don't get discouraged when you see the Z1s and Z2s come out first and they're selling for like 20 grand or whatever. Like, don't think, oh my God, I need $20,000 to buy a horse. Just wait. Um, because what happens is it starts with the Z1s and Z2s and then it goes, oh, sorry, yeah, then it goes like Z3s to six and then, you know, it sort of works its way down. To, to like nine and tens, which sell for like, I don't know, 150 bucks or something like that. So, you know, you could you could buy a Z10 uh, pretty inexpensive and you could end up with a real dark horse. So, yeah. There we go. What is, uh, what's one secret, one's tip, one thing we should learn for a first timer who's getting involved? What's the kind of number one thing they should be focused on when looking at a, a horse? Great question. So um, the best tip I can give you is and, and this is real. I'm not saying this to promote the community, but I'm telling you the best racers are in the community and they're willing to share their tips. So go to Z.run, click on the Discord and get in there uh, and then just go into the welcome area and just say you're new, you want to win races, what do you need to do? <laughs> and uh, you'll find some interesting people there that'll help you. But that's, that is the number one, number two, and number three best tip I can give you. TJ, I did that for Top Shot and I bought a whole bunch of Al Horfords. <laughs> Look where that left you. No, I'm a, I'm a I'm a Discord member of the Zed Run community, so I, I've been scoping it out a little bit, but probably need to do a little bit more more. Yeah, there's some, there's some there's some good guys on there. Like Zed Gazette is really great. Uh, Doofy Racing is really great. There's there's a there's a few interesting you know people on there, but those guys know a lot about what's going on. 
Doofy Racing is like next level crazy when it comes to this. Like he really is good. And it, it's almost like he did this for a living before or something. Like, I don't know what it is, but he really knows his horse racing. So, yeah. Right, yeah. There you go, Doofy. We've now said your name 10 times. That means you are officially an advertiser. Your payment is one own the moment horse. We can <laughs> accept payment offline. Yeah, find him on Twitter. Uh, he's he's a good guy. He's willing to talk about this all the time. So yeah, he's he's something else. I don't know how he's like he's he's figuring out shit that you know n nobody knows. So it's it's interesting to see. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I got uh, one more question. Sure. A product that you're not affiliated with, something in the NFT blockchain space, new application, new something that you're most excited about. What is it? In the NFT space. NFT, blockchain, <clears throat> this space, yeah. So, Something that our people would be interested in that kind of get ahead of the game on. So, I, and I have to preface this by saying, uh, so like my my number one investment thesis is buy Bitcoin. Like I'm most excited about Bitcoin, to be honest with you. I, I've always have been and I, I just love it because I think it's like real money. But there is an interesting um, project and I, I love it because of the entrepreneurial story behind it. Um, read the foundings of Uniswap. Uh, the, the, the CEO wrote a story about it on, on Medium. Uh, I think it was Medium. But anyways, it's such a great story. This, this guy got laid off from his job, knew nothing about programming in 2018, <laughs> learned how to program, built Uniswap, and now it's like a $10, $11 billion you know, decentralized uh, trading platform run by like 11 people. It's so fascinating. And... Um, that excites me just because of the entrepreneurial journey. Not because I'm saying everybody go out and buy Uniswap, but just because it's such a great story and and he seems like a really good guy. <laughs> just based on like it. Yeah. For those who aren't familiar, Uniswap, Sushi Swap, different forms of DeFi. That's a whole other conversation we can dive into. Um, but yeah, definitely do an ELI five on type in Uniswap, and you'll get the explanation as if you were five, and uh, it might help yeah. you start. Yeah, it's a great story. Yeah. But uh, but That's you know I, I also am excited about NBA Top Shots to be honest I think it's it's so good that it's it's gained so much traction it's created the right amount of attention it's really revived uh, Mark Cuban's you know love for crypto because he's always seen it um, you know he's he's pe people people hack on him because of you know the stuff that happened in 2017 with ICOs and things like that but man you know you got to be I'd rather be a pioneer than a dinosaur. And sometimes you got to break things to build things, right? And just it's just it is what it is. But I just love the fact that he's so deep into it and he's supporting NFTs and that kind of thing. I think it's great. Yeah, it yeah, sounds like the time. Dallas Mavs are going to start getting involved too. See yeah. how they can turn some tickets, get the royalties off those for the secondary market. There's just so much opportunity out here. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Still in the, the early days here, without a doubt, and really excited to see what happens over the, the coming weeks, months, and years. I yes yeah, same, same question back to you guys what excites you um what's like what's the project that you you know you've seen that's exciting that i should know about <laughs> um did you you got one um it, it's it's really hard um so i will say i'm definitely more into you've actually mentioned this in one of your quotes too and i'm a firm believer that for nfts to be successful you need the community and uh roham the ceo of top shot he made a tweet about it six months or so ago and he was talking about like alternative assets uh and you really need that community aspect to really thrive and so i've been trying to get into the digital art space and just base it around like where i see there's an opportunity for community and trying to find unique ways to kind of forecast that so like whether it's trend analysis or such um but the truth is like i'm very i don't know and been in the blockchain space for 2014. So I think seeing what happened with the ICOs and stuff, like I'm cautious around all this because there's a lot of bad stuff out there. And uh, like I'll admit when I first saw Zed, um, my first thought was like, okay, so it's a video game. Um, Why does it need blockchain? <laughs> what's unique about all, very good question. Like yeah. what, it, it, yes, it's on Ethereum. So the theoretically, like you have the ownership of it, you're still linked to Ethereum, but like end of the day, if I built a video game somewhere else and I added this level of betting and stuff, like on the most basic level, it's not that different. Now, I think from a vision stance and when you get more into it, it is. Um, but that's my number one thing right now is just trying to figure out like which of these really have the staying power. And uh, Top Shot just has a leg up because of the partnership with the NBA. Um, and so I think that's what I'm really looking for right now is just who have these... It's a lot easier to go into the MBA community 
than to try to build a community out of nothing. And uh, Zed has done a fantastic job from, you know, hey, out of the gates, that horse, strong horse is in the lead. Um, but I think my cautious is like around like a, you need the right team. You've got to build it and you need to make sure you are prioritizing your community. And uh, it sounds like Zed's doing all the right things. Um, so I wouldn't say I have like a, a, a winner, or a recommendation right now, but at least that's where my focus is, is trying to find which of those other ones that have the strong communities. And um, it's, it's difficult. There, there aren't that many. Yeah, I, I think uh, I do think there's opportunities though. Like if there's developers out there looking for the next thing that they should work on, I, you know, there's there's a you know interesting ideas. Like for example, I'm Miley Cyrus and I release a new song on Spotify, um, and then I want to release an extended version with some you know video that to go with it. Uh, and Spotify could be a marketplace for that NFT, right? Um, so you know, I just I just love the I love the arts and music and gaming getting together and colliding. And I think NFTs is a great way for them to collide. Um, you know, uh, as, as we've pointed out multiple times, and I've heard this multiple times, why does it need a blockchain? And, you know, what does the NFT actually do? And you can right click and save it and stuff. It's people don't really understand um, what it what what the true ownership actually means and that having that certificate of authenticity and, you know, and it's your moment to own. And, you know, there's just there's just so much to be learned from that. Um, and 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 I think in the art space the opportunity is in in figuring out uh, you know uh, actually I've been working on an algorithm privately um, to de to determine what is collectible art and what isn't you know and and it puts a benchmark score on it and it and it tells you this art is a 88 uh, you know which means it's like a, it, on the benchmark score is it's an 88 it's collectible and you should buy it so I've been doing that to find uh, really great art to buy that's great yeah love that one thing that's interesting to me that, that I think is still certainly very far off is kind of the idea around whether it's music or sports and the idea of the, the ticketing connected with an NFT, right? So I saw that something that SeatGeek was getting involved with NFTs recently. And to me, that that's an interesting one because I think it, it's beneficial to the original content creators or the people hosting the venue, whether it's the, the sports league that's selling the ticket originally, where right now they're not making any royalties off of when their tickets get resold at a higher value, but then also from the individual. Like I would love to be able to see all the concerts and sports events that I've been to in my life. And I have no, I have no record of that now because I'm not a very good personal record keeper, but that's one thing that, that I've heard about that I think is, is interesting and kind of connects the, the digital and the physical. But I think that's, that's far off, but that's something that's always piqued my interest. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. By the way, not that far off. Oh, go for it. <clears throat> no, sorry. I was just going to say in sports, like you, you see those cricket bats behind me. I, I'm a, uh, a, a part owner of a, of a cric professional cricket team, actually, uh, that plays in the LPL. It's, a, it's in Sri Lanka. It's Sri Lanka Premier League. Um, but cricket's massive there. And, you know, um, as a sports team owner, you think about how NFTs could help you. And there's just so much cool stuff we can do. Um, you know, from like blending the physical and digital world where these are signed cricket bats, but who gives a shit, right? I'll put them in a frame and you put them on your wall and whatever. But imagine if we if we have like a digital frame inside it, um, you know, and you have the signed cricket bat there, you have a QR code, you know, that takes you to a moment that you own. Um, and it's, and it's you know, it's, it's memorialized on the blockchain that this person now owns it. Uh, the authenticity is there. There's just, there's so much opportunity when you own a franchise or, you know, or a game or assets or things like that, that you can, you know, tie into NFTs. That's another area that's just, it's untouched right now. Um, and, and teams should be looking at that. And I know, <clears throat> I have no doubt that teams in the NBA are way ahead of the curve because of NBA top shots. They should be thanking NBA top shots for, for getting them to wake the fuck up and say, this is actually really cool. You know, the NBA actually was there. They're lucky because, you know, in, in terms of like North American sports, uh, they have a younger audience. They tend to have a, you know, younger audience. Um, one of their biggest, you know, one of their bigger concerns was, you know, are people engaged in the games? Do young people want to go to the games? They actually got involved in esports before any of the other leagues did, um, <clears throat> you know, because they saw this trend where young people were more into like video games and how do you get young people to the games earlier and, you know, get them interested in the NBA. And now they're doing top shots. I don't know who's who's making these decisions over there, but whoever is, is doing a damn good job really thinking about the future and how they cater to a younger audience. 
Um, there's some brilliant people at the NBA and the other sports like Major League Baseball, yeek, you know, they're, they're getting older. Their fan base is getting older. What's going to happen to baseball? It's, I mean, Adam Silver's just done a fantastic job since he took over as commissioner. And there's no question they have just embraced technology all the way from an analytics to improving your actual basketball team to a way to connect with the younger audience. Um, and even beyond Top Shot, Mark Cuban is leading a blockchain, blockchain council with a couple other owners. Um, so there's no question that I, I have full confidence that we're going to have some form of NFTs in arena experience within the next year or so, probably starting off with tickets because that's just the easiest revenue opportunity for the teams just to be able to track and monitor both from a security as well as from an actual profit um, in the secondary market. Um, but also, I mean, like, yeah, somebody, what, Jokic, I think, had like 15 assists yesterday. His record's 18. If he had 19 and you're at that game, you get something that shows just a collector item. It doesn't matter yeah. whether it has significant value, but just for you to have that experience of, I was at that game, I saw this, that's awesome. And that's just a yep. fan of it thing. Yep, yep, I agree. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, there's just, there, there's a lot that they can do. And being a franchise owner, I'm sure they're thinking of, you know, of, of ways to, 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 to leverage it. So yeah, totally agree. Yeah, love it. Uh, I, I had a blast. Uh, I know we're reaching an hour and stuff. And we don't want to take too much of your time, Rahul, but this is just fantastic. And uh, as Zed blows up and uh, maybe we eventually see in some uh, more betting within Zed that Unicorn's running and stuff, we um, would love to kind of continue to stay in touch and bring you back on sometime in the next in the future. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. And, you know, I, as I said, if, uh, you know, as Zed does blow up to, and there's more people that we find interesting stories in the community, I'll connect them to you. And Hey, congratulations on your success. You guys started this thing in January and you're, you know, you're, you're really gaining traction. I, I, I love it. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's just, it's so amazing to see, you know, that, well, this is like a, like a, a, to me, this is like an Oracle into the future of the Zed community, to be honest. So I love this, that you guys are doing this. And, you know, I, I, I want to know who the own the moment in the Zed community will be, or maybe it'll be you guys. I don't know. We'll see. So we appreciate that. And honestly, I think it's a more reflection of the community just to show the level of passion and interest and engagement around this. And uh, obviously what Top Shot's been able to build, but more, I think, just what we've been able to get with this technology and the level of engagement. Um, it's been fantastic. Yeah. And I'll see the guys, the own the moment horse name idea. You never <laughs> know. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, th thanks for the kind words and echoing what Justin said. Just a ton of awesome, awesome people in not just the Top Shot community, but the NFT community in general. A ton of super smart people, really good people. Met a lot of a lot of folks through the process, and that, that's been one of the funnest parts for us. So, yeah, great. I, I'll see you guys on Clubhouse sometime. And, Absolutely. Uh, find me on Twitter if anyone out there has any questions or anything. My DMs are open, so feel free to drop me a DM. Good deal. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks everyone. Thanks to Rahul for a great show tonight. Go ahead, as he just said, follow him on Twitter. If you enjoy the show, please go ahead, hit the like button. Helps us out on the YouTube stream. And with that, we will call it a night. So on behalf of Justin, on behalf of producer Coop behind the scenes, and on behalf of our very special guest, Rahul, I am TJ Lasig, and we will see you guys next time.